0: Today's service is going to be a little bit different. We're going to focus around the communion table. And in order to prepare for this morning's service, I need to do need for you to do a couple of things. I need you to take your Bibles. Everybody got their Bibles? And I need you to turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter twenty seven. Will you turn there please? Matthew twenty seven. I need you to mark that in your Bibles. I need you to turn to Luke chapter 23. Matthew 27, Luke 23, all right? We're just getting ready. Luke 23. I need you to mark that in your Bibles. Matthew 27, Luke 23, and John chapter 19. John chapter 19. What we're going to do this morning... Is we are going to look at the seven statements that Christ makes from the cross. And they are identified for us in Matthew chapter 27, Luke chapter 23, and John chapter 19. So I want you to have those passages available so that when we get there, you'll be able to go right to them and you'll be able to see the context. But this morning, we're going to focus on the message from the cross. And how Christ identified the characteristics that you and I are to have in our lives. As we see what God is doing for his honor and his glory. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, the Apostle Paul writes this. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let's read this verse together, please. We'll start with the reference. We'll read the verse, and then we will finish with the reference. Here we go. Galatians 6, 14. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Galatians 6, 14. And he went forth, bearing his own cross, But as they were proceeding on out, they found a man of Cyrene who was passing by, Simon by name, the father of Alexander and Rufus, coming in from the country. Him they seized and laid on him the cross and compelled him to bear it behind Jesus. And two others also, who were evildoers, were led away with him to be put to death. And when they brought him to the place called the Skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. They offered him vinegar to drink, mixed with myrrh. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. There they crucified him. And it was about nine o'clock. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And with him they crucified the evildoers, two robbers, one on either side and Jesus between them. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Now the robbers who were crucified with him began to reproach him in the same manner. And one of the hanged evildoers kept on railing at him saying, if you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him saying, do you not even fear God since you were under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving due reward for our deeds, but this man did nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say to you, today shall you be with me in paradise. And it was about twelve noon. And there were standing by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, also Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. Now from the noontime, there was darkness over all the land till three in the afternoon. And the sun was obscured. And at three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama shebachthani. Which being interpreted is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those standing there, when they heard it said, behold, this man is calling Elijah. Upon this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now ended, said that the scripture might be fulfilled, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was standing there, and one of them ran at once, and taking a sponge and filling it with the wine, put it on a hyssop stock, and brought it to his mouth, saying, and others said, permit this, let us see if Elijah will come and take him down to save him. Then Jesus, therefore, on receiving the wine, cried out again with a loud voice, It is finished. And he bowed his head and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he yielded up his spirit. They looked at the cross. They saw him hanging there, giving up his body and shedding his precious blood. And those who were in the audience heard his cries from the cross, seven of them all together. These cries are recorded for us in Matthew's gospel, Luke's gospel, and John's gospel. Matthew's gospel because Matthew tells about Christ the King. Luke's gospel because Luke tells us about the perfect Son of Man. John's Gospel, who tells us that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And in the midst of these declarations, we discover truths that Jesus taught all of his life. The first truth is that of compassion, where Jesus Christ understood those who were around them, In Luke's gospel, we read this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Judas had betrayed him. The soldiers had arrested him. The crowds cried, crucify him. The chief priests and scribes condemned him. Peter denied him. And yet, as he hung on that cross, he looked across the ages and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of God? To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, Romans tells us. And we can have forgiveness of sins because Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And then we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that he was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. The compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Luke goes on to tell us about the two who were on either side side of robbers justly crucified by the Roman government there be because of their misdeeds under condemnation and as the scripture tells us the one said take yourself down and, and save us and the other said Lord Remember me when you get to to paradise. And Jesus said this, Today you will be with me in paradise. Compassion. Aren't you thankful that all who come to him he doesn't cast away? Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ opens up his arms and says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest to yourselves. Today you will be with me in Paradise. This morning about 5.30. I was laying in bed waiting to get up. You ever do that? And I have my cell phone next to, to my bed, and my cell phone whistles at me when I have a text. He grabbed the cell phone, looked at it, and it was a text from Don Budd. And Dodd said this, at 5.15 a.m. today, Dad was promoted to glory. He went fast. Now he is with Jesus and Mom. I thought about what Jesus said to one of those thieves. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And the reality is that when you and I absence our bodies, we will be present with our Lord. And this corruptible body will put on incorruption. And this mortal body will be put on immortality. And the saying that is written will come to pass. Death is swallowed up in victory. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. The compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to turn to John 19 for the next declaration of our Lord. As he is hanging on the cross, there are four women who are identified as being at the foot of the cross. Four women and only one of his disciples. John doesn't tell us what happened to the rest of them. But we do know that the disciple that Jesus loved was there. And verse 25 tells us But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw her and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold, your son. Can you imagine the emotion that was going on in Mary's life? Mary's whole life was a series of emotional ups and downs. It began when there was a decree from Rome that all had to go to be registered, and she and Joseph... Came to to Bethlehem, and there was no room, so she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. The shepherds came, asking, Where is the one who is to be the Savior of the world? That was the message of the angels, was it not? For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And they came. And can you imagine the emotion that's going on in Mary's life? A couple years later, Magi come from the east. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They've come to worship him and they presented gifts. Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt. And after they discovered that the one who wanted to take his life, Jesus' life away, was no longer in power, they came back. The next time we hear about Mary is she and Joseph and Jesus had made a trip to the temple. And on their return home, they discovered that Jesus wasn't with them. See, how can that happen? Connie and I have left our kids at church before. We will both tell you it was unintentional. We have the same story and we stick to it. I thought she had the kids, she thought I had the kids, and we both get home and we're without kids, and now we say, what do we do? Let's stay home. Two days out, Mary and Joseph miss Jesus. They return. Jesus is educating the religious leaders about his father's business. There are then silent years, and the next time we hear about Mary is at a wedding feast. A wedding feast where they have run out of beverage And Jesus performs his first miracle in turning the water into wine because Mary said, do what Jesus tells you to do. And now we go to the cross. She had seen his ministry. She had understood who he was. And now he is shedding his precious blood in payment for sins. And Jesus says, woman, behold your son. A statement of compassion. A statement of understanding. And then tells John, take care of mom. We don't know where Joseph was. We do know that women in that culture struggled because of the priority that was placed on male leadership and men providing for their families, and now the compassion of Jesus. Woman, behold... your son. From the cross we understand something about compassion and we recognize what Jesus said when he declared greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life. Father forgive them. To the thief today you will be with me in paradise. Woman behold the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew only gives to us one declaration of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said this, he's despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. John's Gospel chapter one says, and he came into his own and his own received him not Matthew the gospel about the king tells us the complete rejection of the lord jesus christ when christ cries from the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me you remember he was in the garden he had left the disciples And he had gone to pray, and he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He prayed with such intensity that great drops of blood fell from him. Oh, he'd been rejected in his ministry. You'll remember that he healed a demonic man. Sending the demons into the swine who who ran down the hill and drowned. And those who saw that pled with him to leave them alone and leave the region. The chief priests and elders sought to kill Jesus. The disciples fled and forsook him. Peter denies him. And the crowd cries out, We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. Release unto us Barabbas. And now he hangs on the cross in darkness from noon until about three o'clock. And the scripture tells us that the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, that was a God-sized feat, for you understand that that curtain was four inches thick. The curtain was 60 feet wide and 30 feet tall. It weighed about four tons and took over 300 priests to handle the curtain. text tells us that there was an earthquake. Tombs were opened, saints were raised from the dead. And the centurion who sees all of this declares, truly this was the Son of God. And in the midst of all that, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Why? Because he became sin for us. He who knew no sin, that you and I might have the righteousness of God in him. Complete rejection. And then John's gospel gives to us the only personal request other than John, take care of my mom. Or John says, Jesus declared, I thirst. One of the severest agonies of crucifixion is thirst, according to A.T. Robertson. And Psalm 69 tells us that they would give the Son of Man, sour wine to drink. Perfect in his humanity, tempted, yet without sin, but hanging on the cross, he says, I thirst, for there was no one to meet his needs. Complete. Total rejection. And yet we move very quickly toward the end where we understand the completion as Jesus declares in John chapter 19 it is finished. Amen? It's done. It was John who declared as he began his ministry, Behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. And Hebrews tells us that it's not the sacrifice that took place daily in the temple. But this man, after he offered a sacrifice, sat down because there was no other sacrifice necessary. It is finished. The work is done and there is no longer a need for sacrifice. Jesus has fully achieved his purpose. In that the most desolate and macabre setting, the cross, reveals the completed work of God. The Bible tells us, for even the Son of Man did not come to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. It's finished. The battle is over. The declarations from the cross. The last declaration is found in Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 23, and it's the declaration of control because Jesus says this, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. It was finished, and now the work has been accomplished, and he yields up his life in complete and total fulfillment of God's perfect plan. Jesus only addressed the Father in two of these seven statements. The first one, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And now, as his Father, Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Galatians 6.14. Let's read it together, please. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This morning we share together in the celebration of the cross.